Farm with RoboHub, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hi and welcome to the RoboHub podcast. In today's episode, we're exploring some of the ways in which robots could make farming more efficient in future. Our interviewer, Audro, spoke to two researchers from the Queensland University of Technology about their agricultural robot projects. First up, Audro's interview with Chris McCall, a postdoctoral researcher. They talked about a large robot that's used for weed management in fields. The robot uses RTK GPS, an incredibly accurate localization system, and uses a camera with deep learning to recognize various types of plants to make sure that it only removes the weeds, but not the all-important crop. Hi, welcome to RoboHub Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Chris McCall. Would you tell me a bit about your demo here? Sure. So this is AgBot2. It's a broadacre weeding robot. It's designed for large farms, thousands of hectares. Uh, it's a three-meter-wide robot, so it can work on controlled traffic farming lanes. Mm-hmm. That means that what this robot is looking at is replacing a single large, say, two-ton tractor and replacing with multiple of these much lighter-weight vehicles. Ah. So fully loaded. Would you describe it other than just the size? Um, so so it's, it's uh, you said three meters, so like 10 feet wide. 10 feet wide, probably about... 2.4 meters deep and about uh, a meter and a half high. Gotcha. And it's sitting on... We, there. The front has two large wheels. Two front, two large wheels. If you kind of look at it, what you can imagine is that you have two motorbikes either side and you effectively have a large platform in between where Great. you can actually store things like herbicide or mechanical tools. Gotcha. Okay. And these tires are very fat for driving in the fields. Absolutely. For the surface area. Absolutely. So it's driven by the two front wheels and has casters at the back so it can then... Gotcha. And so it's for killing weeds? Um, or what, what did you say it was for? So the main purpose is actually weed management, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and the idea behind this is to show that if you have a robotic system, if you can detect and classify the type of weed that's in the fields, the species, you can take the most appropriate action for that weed. So in a simple sense, if you talk about a big problem in Australia and globally is herbicide resistance for plants, that means that you can't use the normal... So they herbicides. evolve and then they're They evolve and become resistant okay. to that. And so if you have other systems like a mechanical tool or a thermal device, if you can classify the weed species, you can use what's mo- most appropriate for that to weed. To kill it. Okay. Uh, so tell me a bit about, first, how does this robot work in the field? How does it localize itself? So it's localizing itself with an RTK GPS at the moment. Those you are can super think, accurate. Absolutely. So you Very can expensive think, too. They are. 30K, so, 50K, how much are they? I think that was about 30,000. But you can think of simpler systems. You have a very simple GPS, so you know roughly where you are yes, in the field. Yes, are very accurate. They are. Down to how far? Uh, a few Is centimeters. It, yeah, I was going to say centimeters order. Yeah, yeah. So that's really useful to you be able have, to localize. You only have one of them? Only you one of those. You have a compass or something for heading? or How uh, do you do heading? You just, the path that it's traveled? The path that it's, tra- path that it's traveled. I mean, we've got some we've got sensors on the wheels as well, uh, and an IMU within there as well, so ah. we can know where we're heading. And Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so that's how it localizes. And um, in the field, you said many of these would yes. be there. Yes. So you'd be looking at having... A kind 30, of a fleet. A fleet. So you'd be looking at, uh, say, four or five of these to replace um, one, one large really tractor large. with a 32-meter boom. 
Okay. And so uh, the, the boom is the part it's towing, right? Yes. So the tractor would be towing the boom and then spraying. Ah, and spraying herbicide. Spraying herbicide. Which kills the weeds, but not the good plant? Well, quite often you'll do... So if you're looking at the fallow period, before you actually plant, you'll actually spray the entire field in a ah. broadcast manner, and that's the most common scenario gotcha. in which you'll actually spray the field. Okay. And then so these... Um, so you drive these around the field. Yep. When, and so this replaces the spraying herbicide before you plant. Yep. And um, the idea is once the weeds are growing a little bit, you kill them in some appropriate way. So you then would take out the robot to do weed management. So, for instance, after a rain event, you start to have plants grow, in particular yes. weeds. So you then deploy these robots to then manage those weeds. What, what kind of methods do you guys use to kill the weeds? So Do you pick them? Do you spray them with a dose of fertilizer? Do you... So we have two options here. So there's a 200 liter tank that comes with it. So you can use herbicide still, if that's the oh, best option. But direct, play, uh, like very precise. Spot spraying and something spot like spraying. that. Spot spraying, yes. Um, or you'd use a mechanical system. So at the bottom there, you see a prototype mechanical system. And it has, at the moment, at the back there, it's got an arrow hose. So that's a bit of a triangle. But the thing is, you can change that to be whatever you like. It's quite interchangeable. Oh. You take two screws off, replace that, and you can have tines or a hoe, or whatever you think is the most appropriate for your field and for the weeds. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and so it works with the smarts by actually classifying, detecting and classifying the plants in real time while it goes through. So we showed it going through at about five kilometers an hour, um, detecting and classifying in real time, and then deploying. Wow. So the key part to think about here is that because of energy, you don't want to stop, so it needs to keep going, making those decisions and interacting with the environment. Yes, you want to keep going. So uh, tell me a bit about how you classify the plants. So we actually have a camera under here, and we've got a lighting array as well, so an LED lighting array. The cameras are just color cameras, and then we use systems to detect the plants from those images, and then so use train... latest in machine learning to actually then classify ah. the plants. Okay, so it's like most machine learning image recognition lately. You use a convolutional neural network, and it just classifies various types of plants that you recognize as weeds. Is it true? Yes. So you're looking at highly efficient ones as well, because you want to be able to do that in real time. Um, but aside yeah. from that, it's a general approach to machine learning. You have a lot of data to train yep. particular kind of plants, and you make those decisions. We've also shown how you can use a system like this to actually scout your field. So an operation that farmers would do before they actually do a weeding operation is to know what's in the field. And so with some of the research we've been showing, you can use this to scout and present to the farmer what... Where and what. Where and what is in the field, but without actually knowing a priori what the plants are. Yes. Doing a completely unsupervised saying, Ah. here is what we think is in the field, you tell me what this is and how you want to deal with it. Gotcha. So it's really trying to progress that so you can transplant it to any system. Yes. So it's not designed for one field, it can be designed for anyone's field. Gotcha. So now you're with the Queensland University of Technology? Yes, so I'm a senior researcher Senior researcher there. Gotcha. And um, you guys are working with industry partners or farmers in this. Just tell me a bit about that collaboration. So this project was funded by the Queensland Department of Agriculture and Fisheries, uh, and that ran for about three years. So we... we refer to that as a strategic investment in farm robotics. We collaborated with scientists from DAF, the Department of Agriculture and Fisheries, uh, weed scientists and agronomists as well, but also we did demonstrations at various places, so in Bundaberg and Dolby, where we had farmers come in and view these robots and really gave us incredibly positive feedback about how the system operates and how this can actually address major issues for them on their farms that they face right now. And the key one there is herbicide-resistant plants. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's just the beginning. I think robots like this can really change how we do farming or how farmers can actually operate in greater efficiency 
Yes, my dream is to see this turn into a robotic platform that allows us to do individual plant management. So mm-hmm. treating each plant, whether it be a weed or the actual crop itself, giving it to most optimize the system to make the best profit for the farmer at the end. Do you do? Uh, is there additional sensing? You mentioned RGB camera. Do you do anything with like thermal cameras to, to test the health of the plant? How much um, like it's absorbing heat and these kinds of things, which infer like hydration? Not at the moment. We really concentrated on the first problem, uh, which is a key problem, which is doing the classification of the weeds. Gotcha. Uh, with another project, which is uh, harvester, so Harvey, which is a sweet pepper harvester, we've done some work in being able to actually detect crop and actually look at the different stages of growth. And that's a project that's a collaboration between CSIRO, Horticulture Innovation Australia, and QUT, and DAF. Okay. What do you think? Um, so you mentioned a little bit about your ambitions with this. What do you think in the next, say, five years for this? technology and deployment of it what i'd love to see in even the next couple of years to to see robots like this on a field doing a commercial operation i'd I'd love to see how close are we to that you think it's likely i think it's becoming very increasingly likely that we'll see something like this out there in at least the next three to four years i'll be very disappointed if we don't see it by then i'm hoping sooner i'd hope to see it in a couple of years but um these are hard things to predict thank you thank you And up next, Audro caught up with Chris Lienert, a research fellow at Queensland University of Technology. They spoke about a robot designed to harvest sweet peppers, called Capskins in Australia, and about the potential to adapt this robot for other crops, how it does in terms of deployment and the future of agriculture more generally. Hi, welcome to RoboHub Podcast. Hi. Would you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Dr. Chris Lennart. And I um, work for QUT. Gotcha. Would you tell me about Harvey? Yeah, so Harvey is a um, sweet pepper harvester, a robotic sweet pepper harvester, and um, we've developed him for over three years now within the um, university. Mm-hmm. And would you tell me what it look? Would you describe it? Yeah, sure. So the way we've designed it is it's um, a base platform with four wheels. Um, it has a seven degree of freedom robot manipulator on board um, and a uh, custom built harvesting tool which uh, features a RGBD camera and um, two mo- multimodal tool at the end which is a suction cup and a um, oscillating cutting tool. An oscillating cutting tool. Okay. So wheeled base platform, robotic arm that's on some sort of telescoping? Yeah, so it's, it's seven degrees of freedom. It features a, a six degree of freedom universal robots, UR5, yep. plus a one degree of freedom linear vertical axis. Yes, got you. And um, so tell me a bit about the motivation behind making this. Yeah, definitely. So um, we got a, a project funded by the Queensland government here trying to look at the future um, farming and looking at how technology can help farmers and growers um, be more efficient and reduce costs. And one of the areas um, that we looked at was um, high-value crops. So this would feature um, horticulture area, specifically fruits. Horticulture Horticulture is about um, cropping in high-value systems. So um, they can basically lettuces, um, veggies, a lot of in-ground crops, but also hydroponic, which is in pots using um, nutrient systems and like that. And one of them is sweet peppers. Okay. Uh, we call them capskins in Australia, but uh, okay. I, I, I keep to sweet peppers because it's easier. And um, so the Queensland government, uh, well, Queenslander, uh, where we're here, 
produces over 80% of Australia's um, sweet peppers. So this actually looked, we wanted to look at trying to design a system that helps growers in Queensland. Gotcha. Is it, um, is the motivation like a labor deficiency or these yeah, kind of things? Yeah, so when you talk to growers, they're struggling to, to, to make a profit from the farm gate. Because they can't pick everything that they need to or yeah it's about there's a it's a multifaceted um, problem problem but a lot of it comes down to getting the, the labor the the amount of labor at the right time ah, and, and harvesting it so they have to harvest um, about one and a half times a week and they need to have that consistently come through and they have to turn over a lot of that labor force um, continually so you have to retrain the labor uh, sometimes it's not consistent, it's not reliable, ah. uh, so you get some is- issues with that. And then also the other one is that the, the cost of labour is quite high as well. It's, it, particularly in Australia, we've got a, uh, a, a quite high cost in the um, labour. Gotcha. Okay, tell me some of the challenges of picking these sweet peppers. Um, so the, I guess the two particular challenges is to be able to detect and um, figure out where to place the attachment mechanism. So we use a suction cup for this, but it could be a, a gripping tool. Uh, but we use uh, surface information about the fruit um, from the RGBD camera and we use a heuristic approach to choose the best location that will have the most success to attach to. How does that work? Um, So we've got a paper on this and um, the the approach is about looking at the surface properties, so looking at what's the local um, flatness of the surface, what, from what we can see, what's the most center of, from a, uh, a, an edge of the visual um, crop, and then basically weighing that up and, and ranking the, the, the scores. So we go for the first um, grass point. If we don't get that, if it's not successful using a pressure sensor, we can detect that we, if we attach or not. Yes. We go to the, the, the next ranked. The pressure then, sensor, does it determine if there's weight on the suction cup? No, it, it determines if, uh, if your um, vacuum pressure goes up. Oh, so once, this, once the suction cup is sealed, yes. you, you, you've got a, your, your vacuum increases. Yes. Okay. And so uh, you're saying the first challenge is yep. perception. What's the second? Uh, sorry, the first challenge was the attachment oh. and, and detecting grass. And the second is? And the second is, again, along, along the lines of perception, but the cutting location. Oh. So holding onto the fruit, and then the second one is cutting it. And oh. the challenge with this type of fruit is that the um, part that you have to cut, it's called a peduncle, the scientific word, is a, a green-on-green problem. So the peduncle is green, the rest of the plant behind it is also green. You don't want to cut the plant. You don't want to cut the plant. So you have to figure out a way to do that. And we use uh, state-of-the-art deep, deep learning systems to be able to detect that peduncle. What kind of information are you feeding in? So the RGBD camera, the depth camera. Yep, so we got both color information and depth. And you feed that information in and hope that the deep network can distinguish? Um, We kind of take the other approach. We feed in the 2D information. So we just, we um, segment on a 2D image and then we project those detected points in the 2D image to the 3D location. So we do a segmentation in the 2D image um, and this is a a pixel-wise segmentation. And then we project that, the detected uh, using a threshold-based yes. approach afterwards. Um, we project that to 3D, and that gives you a uh, the 3D model of the peduncle. Mm-hmm. And so just to be clear, the cutting process is you take the arm, go to the pepper, suck onto the pepper, and then um, once that registers as having attached to it with the yes. pressure sensor, then you use the oscillating saw yes. to sever the pepper, yep. and then you put that in your bin. Well, not the pepper, the peduncle. The <laughs> we peduncle. don't want to sever the peduncle. Wanna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to sever the pepper. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Uh, the other thing to add is that 
we have to do a, um, a, a middle stage, which is separating the two tools. So it's hard to, to um, visualize, but there's actually a suction cup attached to the cutting tool yes. via a magnet. And then what you do is you attach to the pepper, you separate the tool, that gives you the freedom to move the cutter into a different location to cut the peduncle. And wow. I like to think of it like having two arms for one. So we got one robot arm, but the, the, the tools can actually freely move. Fold into each other. Yeah. Gotcha. How do you detach the suction cup? Yep. So what we do is we do attachment first. The, caps, the, the sweet pepper is still attached to the plant. That means it's rigidly fixed. We just lift the tool up, ah. and that separates the magnets. Nice. So Very we get, clever. Yeah, we can just use the constraints of the, the, the sweet pepper on the plant to do that. And okay. then a lot of uh, people ask, how do you reattach the, the two tools? We actually just use gravity. We come back down ah, and, it, and it just realigns. Yes. Okay. Um, so sweet peppers, any plans to do other? Yeah, yep. So we're definitely interested in other types of crops. Um, the first one would be looking at similar crops that have the same structure. Yes. So, um, things, so you can use the suction Things method. that also have the suction attachment method, but also the peduncle. Um, and so ah, so that the, things that are quite ahead. similar are like cucumbers and eggplants. They grow in a very similar way. They also grow hydroponically like, like sweet peppers in a, in a, a glass house. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. And um, what do you, so the future of agriculture, how do you kind of imagine it'll go? Um, so I, I really think we need to, to um, think about the, the problems that growers are having um, and actually boosting that industry because um, we're, we're kind of struggling to, to kind of make profits um, and basically making the, the process more efficient can then mean that the growers and the farmers will um, benefit ah, from that and continue um, to fund the research. That, that, yeah. But we also have an issue with the population growth. So that's a, you know, looking way ahead. Um, we have to, by 2050, I believe, the population um, will 10 double. 10 billion or yeah, something, yeah, I think, for um, the world. Those or 10 billion, billion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we've got to think about doubling our, or more than doubling our, our um, rate of production of, of food. So Keep everyone fed. Thinking about how we can do this um, more efficiently, but also in higher densities. So protected cropping systems, um, which is kind of similar to vertical farming systems, are uh, looking at improving the density of yields. So um, how much, we've got a fixed amount of land, uh, how can we um, produce more food with that fixed amount of uh, land? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, if you want, there's, there oh, are yeah. a few other things that I, I, I didn't say was um, we have um, trialed this um, ro robotic harvester in a real field environment and oh, we yeah. have um, the performance that we're getting at the moment is uh, around 75%. So we're looking at um, about three... How does it, so that um, one quarter that doesn't work? Yeah, yeah. Do you just try again and then... Um, so the, the other thing to that you is... You sever the wrong part? Or? Yeah, so there's a few failure cases. One is that um, the fruit is often sometimes fully occluded so we don't get a you visual don't see it. we don't see it so that's one one problem um we get some um misdetections of the peduncle so there are some pro errors with the um, peduncle detector cutting. as well so we don't get a good cut we miss we miss uh. um so on average we get about um two attempts per fruit for that 75 percent success rate uh. but sometimes we just don't don't get it at all and that's that 25 percent gotcha. how does this work in terms of are, are you going to say more uh, no, the other thing was to note that um, the picking rate. So often people oh, want to know the, per the performance and how fast it is. So we average around 20 seconds per fruit. What the, how does it compare to a human? Um, so it's it's a bit slower. The humans are about, um, I think, three to four seconds. Oh. Um, and that's that's inclusive of putting it in the in the packing. Where, where is most of the time spent? 
So most of the so the time is actually spent on the movement of the robot arm and then also the deep net. So speeding up the, oh, it takes a while. the deep learning. Uh, yeah, because we're doing pixel-wise segmentation, yeah. we actually have to run the deep net multiple times across the pixels. Um, and we can subsample that. Ah, that's so, how you localize where the fruit is. You basically uh, not the take... fruit, but the peduncle. So that the peduncle. Sorry. Yeah, that's the critical point. Gotcha. So you basically it's like a template matching almost. You grab a segment of the image, you run it on it. Is there a peduncle there? Yes. Yeah. And you, you do keep patches. doing that across yep. the image. Yeah. So and they yeah. over you overlap them probably. So uh, you well, you, you to make it faster, you subsample so you don't overlap. Oh, so you I get see. a sparser um, segmentation, yes. but and you can it informs use where yes. you can get yes. or where you guess it. Will so there's a trade off between accuracy and and speed. Yeah, it's like a scan matching approach. If... Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Um, anything else you'd like to say? No, that's that's about it. Thank that you. Covers it. Thank you. And that's it for today. Remember, if you like our podcast, you can support us by becoming a patron. You can give as much or as little as you like. Every dollar makes a huge difference and enables us to bring you the latest news and views on robotics from all around the globe. Check out robohub.org forward slash podcast to find out more. We'll be back in two weeks time. Until then, goodbye. Farm with Robohub, the podcast for news and views on robotics.